Welcome to Education Matters, presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm your host, Mary Ann Wolf. Nearly two-thirds of adults report experiencing at least one adverse childhood experience, or ACEs, which can have negative impacts, including health problems, mental health issues, and learning difficulties. Mental health supports for students are critical. Now more than ever, we as a state need to invest in our children and provide them with the services they need. To see what a trauma-informed school looks like and what they are doing to support students, we visited Tramway Elementary School in Sanford, North Carolina in Lee County Schools to learn more. Our guest host who visited the school this week is Tom Williams, previous host of Ed Matters and the immediate past chair of the Public School Forum's Board of Directors. It's a pleasure to get to introduce our first set of guests this afternoon. Uh, Andrea Cummings, the principal of Tramway Elementary School, and Dr. Johnny Waller, a Lee County Schools assistant superintendent working in the area of auxiliary services and director of student services. Andrea, what does being a trauma-informed school mean to you and why is this important to you? I think you have to just realize that students spend the majority of their waking hours in our building and so that's you know the the main reason that we wanted to focus in on this area. Um, the other thing about being trauma-informed is that we want to make sure that we're responding to kids not just academically but at their developmental level and that can mean a lot of things. Um, also just defining what trauma is was hugely important. We all thought we had an idea of what that was and the definition is quite different. So that information and that definition has really guided us in, in our focus in this area. Johnny, as a district leader, how do you see your role in creating this kind of trauma-informed climate and culture within your district? As Andre mentioned, um, the trauma, especially coming out of COVID, we see such an impact on all of our children. So I think looking at each school, their needs, working with them to define their needs and what resources we can put in place. So in working with Andre and Tramway here, that was one of the needs that they identified as far as the impact of trauma on their students and their staff here. So looking for the resources to help them educate their staff in that area was a primary role that I served. Andrea, what does implementation of trauma-informed or well-being and mental health well-being strategies look like in your school? School-wide, we really did focus on the zones of regulation, and so we taught students how to identify what they were feeling and what zone that put them in. And we also identified of those zones when they could be their best selves. So that took a lot of background work with our resiliency team and um, just getting that uh, student-based language out to them and in, in our whole building. Um, and so that started really this year with our students and there were videos um, that we did during some of our morning meetings that helped them to identify their feelings um, and identify what zone they might be in and that the fact that they were in the green zone, they could be their best self um, for their friends, for their teachers, and in learning. I think some of the bi biggest successes that we've seen are when kids can do that independently. So a lot, there have been a lot of guiding questions to get them to that independent moment where they can identify themselves, how they're feeling, what zone they're in, and whether they need to take a break or how what behaviors would help them get back to that green zone where they could be their best learner. When you start to see that happen independently and organically without 
about those guiding questions. We've even had parents comment that when they're at home, they can identify when their parent might be in the red zone <laughs> and call them, you know, out on that piece and then help them figure out how they can then be them best, their best selves. I think that's when some of those success stories have been, uh, have shown us how impactful this really is when it carries over into independent um, identification and then into the home. Yeah. And finally, where do you still see some of the greatest needs and challenges that you face? I think a challenge is always time. I think you have to make sure that when you um, are getting buy-in from from your staff that they understand the why. And then when they do see some of those impacts, they understand why carving out that time to have this taught to um, all of their students is um, going to impact not just the learning in their classroom, but the well-being of, of the children throughout their the school day. And it's a shared responsibility. It's not just the classroom teacher. It's not just our counselor's job, that it's it's everyone understanding uh, the language and helping students work through their uh, feelings and um, and get on with their with their learning in their day when those are identified. Johnny, what's one piece of advice that you would give to a new school district? that is beginning to start a trauma-informed journey? My one piece of advice would be education. What is trauma? Is it, It's not just a one-time thing, and it's not just a mental health issue. The impact of trauma can be physical on the brain and therefore on learning and stomach digestion. A lot of times the first thing that we hear when a child has experienced trauma is my stomach hurts because the body is shutting down. Um, it, trauma can their health long term. So education and what trauma really is, some of the signs and symptoms or indicators of what trauma is, and then how do we help our children as well as our parents dealing with the trauma. Because a parent may have one definition of the trauma and the child may have another. So in that partnership with the parents and with other um, agencies in the county or within the district, to help it be a whole child approach. That would be my advice. Andrea, as a principal, what recommendations do you have for state level policy leaders and decision makers of steps that need to be taken to support students and educators in creating a better environment for their students? Well, I think you do have to start small and you have to be incremental with any type of change like this. Um, and, it, and education is a huge part of it. Understanding what adverse childhood experiences look like, what they are. I think a lot of people do think that trauma is maybe a one-time event that's happened in a child's life, but that's not necessarily the case. The environment that they are in when they go home could be uh, a trauma risk factor. If there's, you know, divorce in the family, if there's substance abuse um, going on in the home, um, if there's separation from a parent, all those things can play into um, what a child brings to school. And so just, again, educating and making small steps to understand what trauma is and how we can support those students in school. We all know that no two students are exactly the same and no two schools are exactly the same. How do you meet the individual needs of students in a trauma-informed environment? I think relationships are the biggest piece of that. Um, 
knowing about students outside of their academics and making sure that you see if there is a change in their behavior from um, a, one part of the school year to the next. Um, also having a relationship with families and parents so that there is an open communication about what might be affecting, you know, different behaviors at school or um, academic losses or gains. So I, I really think the relationship piece and is critical in figuring out how you can reach each student individually. It's very correct that each child reacts to trauma differently. It may be the same situation, but they may react differently. And a lot of that, I think, just like Andre said, would also be how many protective factors did that child have in comparison to another child? And those protective factors can look different for each one, each child. So we do have to look at it individually um, and to address that child's unique response to the traumatic event or events. Great. How do you see a trauma-informed environment help students grow individually and academically as well as in their personal growth? Well, we've seen many cases where students come off of the bus already in the red zone because something happened at home before they got on the bus mm -hmm. and they need an adult contact to help them get to a zone that would allow them to access their, their day. Um, and so having all of our staff understand the zones, people on breakfast duty, our bus drivers, they can they can immediately intervene. And that has allowed some of our students to be able to start their day off more successfully than if we weren't able to help them identify how they're feeling and what we can do to help. Um, we have uh, folks on campus that will do check-in, check-out with some of our students that we know um, have a pattern of coming in to the building, maybe not in the um, best headspace. So we can go ahead and proactively reach out to them, find them early in the morning and get them into a space where they could be in the green zone, which is where they know that they can learn best and start their day off that way. Um, we have also um, given students some uh, individual freedom to to go up to a teacher and say, I'm, I'm not in my best zone right now. Can I take a five minute break? So proactively um, um, self-advocating for themselves. So because everyone in the building is very aware of, of these needs for, for various students, even staff, they know um, that we do allow for those breaks and those times to get kids reset and then back on the right track. And just kids knowing that this is a safe place um, where they can ask for those things for themselves as much as we want, would want them to carry that out through their adolescent years and even as an adult knowing that they can take a step back and then get themselves back on track and ready to to move forward i think for many it is a change in culture a change in shift so uh, we begin to look at not what's wrong with that child but what happened to that child Mm -hmm. And each school and staff, and it comes from the administrator, making sure they know their staff and are they ready to make this step and how to implement it in a small step-by-step. -step. It is not a, a checklist process or here's the manual on how to do it. The administrator knows their staff, knows what will work with their staff, and, and knows the students and their family population. And then they work from there on beginning the, the whole process of becoming trauma-informed.
I do think it is um, knowing at what pace you can make the those changes. Um, and also, when you have that plan, you have to evaluate whether it's working or not. Um, mm-hmm. And then if it is, what do we need to continue doing that's working well? Or what can we add? And then if it's not, what can we take away and replace with something more effective? So continually assessing, okay, these changes, these small changes that we've made, yeah. are they, you know, helping to create a better environment for our students. It almost needed not to come from me. I mean, I felt like my role was to facilitate, Mm -hmm. um, help look at the plan, uh, you know, talk, have the conversations, the reflections on whether it was working or not, but then the part of the resiliency team that were the teacher peers, the teacher leaders, really presented it to the staff in a way um, that they were hearing it from a peer and not from an administrator. And they were sharing the impacts that they were seeing in their classrooms and things that they were doing at morning meeting that helped to stimulate conversation. And um, when a child went to reset room to pull themselves back together, what they, behaviors they saw when they came back to the classroom. So they were hearing it from peers Um, And my job was just to remove barriers so that that could happen. Thank you again for being with us. And after the break, we'll continue our conversations with leaders from here at Tramway Elementary School in Sanford, North Carolina. Education Matters is brought to you each week in part by Participate Learning, uniting our world through global learning. Welcome back to Education Matters. We're coming from Tramway Elementary School in Lee County. We're delighted to have three guests with us for this next segment, beginning with Megan O'Shaughnessy, a school counselor here at Tramway. And she's joined by her colleagues, Jessica Jackson, an intervention specialist and classroom teacher here, as well as Myra Cole, a second grade teacher at Tramway. Welcome to each of you and thank you for being with us today. What does being a trauma-informed school mean to you and why is this important to you? Being a trauma-informed educator to me means that I need to look at the whole child. Um, Yes, my job is to come here and teach curriculum and standards, but as a trauma-informed educator, I need to be aware of things that are going on in the child's life. I've always seen the importance of creating relationships with my children, but through this training, it just emphasizes what good teachers have always done is create those relationships because when those relationships are built, then children are willing to share and that learning will come about. But also we know that when behaviors come about as a trauma-informed educator, that I need to choose to look into the why. Like what is causing those behaviors that I can hopefully put some supports in place to help that child. What does implementation of trauma-informed or well-being and mental health well-being strategies look like in your school? I don't have enough words just to explain um, adequately how much it's meant to me to be a part of this. The things that I've learned, um, as Jess said, I think we've already, a lot of the things became natural because we've done those for years and years, but all of a sudden knowing that we have a a way for them to um, group their feelings and talk about their feelings and like with zones of regulation and the fact that um, how they're feeling this particular day or whatever, it's really been, um, it's been a wonderful ride. How do you see a trauma-informed environment help students grow individually and academically as well as in their personal growth? 
Um, I think in addition to uh, some of the strategies that have already been talked about, we have a really fun mentor program we call Big Shark, Little Shark, because we are the Tiger Sharks. And that helps uh, us match kids that might be needing a, a special person to look forward to seeing at school. Um, and they're assigned to someone and that is their person and so if days are going well they get to celebrate with that person if um, they're needing extra support um, that person can come in and give them extra support from someone that they know is there um, for to benefit with them uh, we also uh, and Myra can share a little bit more to this but we implemented um, a few years ago using morning meetings. And I think every year we've gotten stronger with that. Every classroom kind of implements that better. Some of them are more formally um, structured morning meeting. There's a lot of planning put into it and it's got um, many great components to it. Some of the other classes, um, they do an academic spiral review to start their day off. And they've actually started um, adding in some um, questions about feelings or kind of reflecting on how things are going in their spiral review. So it's kind of shows that how we're feeling is just as important as how we are academically being successful in the classroom. We have also put some things in place for the staff because we recognize, um, especially during COVID time, it was a huge focus that we needed everybody to feel safe and welcome here in, in um, at school and that included the staff because it filters down if the staff doesn't feel you know with their mind totally focused here at school and enjoy being here then you know that's something that impacts uh, everybody in the building so we do a lot of staff stuff to kind of amp everybody up and get everybody excited about being a school family because every um, classroom is kind of their own school family so we might do bingo where the whole class can celebrate and they just did different things with that here at school and then we also have implemented family night um, where all of us get to bring our families and we do kind of food truck stuff with bounce houses and it's really kind of fun the other night the last one that we had really touched me we had a staff kid basketball game that just kind of occurred uh -huh. and you know you have these tall 10th graders out there with you know the first graders right. just having so much fun you know because sometimes it's tough to be a staff kid so just all of us kind of getting to know each other and celebrate each other it's so funny how uh, one of the complaints I've heard in years past is that teachers will say but you're they're spending too much time on like say morning meeting I, I need to get to academics but I have found that the time that I've spent developing those relationships with children during the morning meeting far surpasses anything because they they've learned um you know they've learned to have respect if, if we're in the morning meeting and you've um somebody's talking i can go remember so and so has the floor we're giving them our respect and mm -hmm. they learn all these things so that when april or may's here um it whenever you're doing math they're all open ears and listening respectful because that's something you've established since day one throughout go. the morning meeting so it really does for me in my classroom it's like it's a consistent way to start every day it's meaningful relationships and then um it it builds that positive community and that positive respect between the teacher and the student and then it's just a safe place to be i've got one student that has some some issues this year that just sort of um, sometimes we'll come in a little bit frazzled and 
um, we always start as what what color are you mm -hmm. and he'll immediately say I'm on red and we talk about why and he's really had a great year this year mm -hmm. and I think just being able to he knows that I know what his feelings are and that he can express those and um, because of that he it's a safe space that he yeah. feels like academically he's doing better also because of that so there's a trade-off you are spending more time perhaps in the morning but the trade-off for what you gain academically what's one piece of advice that you would give to a new school district that is beginning to start a trauma-informed journey I think my advice to teachers would be that um, it is worth putting in every ounce of effort to create this environment and relationship with a child. Um, to the principals and administration, it is worth allowing the teachers the time for the planning, um, the time for the implementing, the time away from maybe what we're saying is the academic core to be able to take the time to create these relationships. And um, with the piece about the family um, atmosphere that we're trying to create here at Tramway and keep that going is that um, it's important to take a moment to take time for your staff and to boost your staff because all of these things, these relationships, whether it's child to child, adult to child, or adult to adult, those relationships are what create the place that we come in every day um, and we want that to be a positive experience for everyone. You know, the idea is to be trauma-informed and making sure we're, you know, keeping an eye on everybody and trying to recognize uh, where our students are coming from. Anything, uh, we've all talked about this before, anything that we do that would be helpful to a student that's struggling is also good for the whole population of students. And so all of the things we do as far as relationship building and giving everybody a place in our school family, it, it you just see the... Um, the growth and the relationship building and all of those skills that we want to see out of adults in our world and that's what we want them to grow up to be is um, people who are kind and can have interpersonal relationships in a fair and kind way and then also succeed academically because they're comfortable here and you know they're taking it all in everything exactly. you guys are giving out they're taking it in and they're learning from it so it, it benefits everybody in the building uh, being trauma-informed we all know that no two students are exactly the same and no two schools are exactly the same how do you meet the individual needs of students I'm actually thinking of two or three that you know you you just know in your heart that they're dealing with things at home or that they have no control over mm -hmm. and so anything you can do once they walk through that door to make them feel that they are respected and they are loved and that you're setting like a high standard for them because mm -hmm. uh, it's not just about loving them but it's about them knowing that um, you expect so much of them that they want to rise to that higher level and I love that with the <laughs> the big shark, little shark, it, a, a funny story is that one of ours um, that we had came to the room one day and he found out that it was a student that I'd had in the past, found out that his younger brother was my little shark and I was big shark. And he came through the room, busted through and he's like, but wait a minute, I didn't, how did you get to be his mama's shark and I'm not? So Megan, yes. the good person that she is and yeah. so insightful, so now I have both of them, both brothers. Yes. Because we can change it to be yeah. what it needs to be yeah. sometimes with that. So yeah. just little things like that, like the mentorship program and 
Um, I think just knowing that they're all somebody's child. They're all somebody's baby. They're all somebody's universe. And it's it's up to us to to work in all those feelings, to figure it out so that we can tap into the best person they can be. Thank you for taking time to think and learn about education. That's all for today, and we'll see you next week.